Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. Joining me today is a good friend of mine, Lucas Rodriguez. He is a graduate student at Quinnipiac University with myself, with yours truly. And he is a noted Broward County Ravens fan. I'm sorry, my fault. <laughs> Force of habit, Lucas. Baltimore Raven fan. Um, that is a running joke on the podcast because, as you know, Lamar Jackson and both Hollywood Brown come from Broward County, Florida. And yeah. so I like to joke about that on the pod. Uh, thanks for joining me, Lucas. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate uh, you having me on. And uh, I will never say no to an opportunity to talk about my Baltimore Ravens. So I'm all in. That's what we love to hear. Um, all right. So we're just going to ask a few questions. We're going to talk a little bit about last season. And then we're going to look to see what you want your team to do going forward. So let's start with the 2020 season. It ended with a second round playoff loss. But your wild card victory against the Titans kind of felt like a, like a retribution of sorts, considering what happened earlier in the year with the Titans and considering that there were a lot of questions, in our opinion on the pod, I you know I speak for Tyler when I say this, in our opinion, very n- no credibility to the questions about Lamar Jackson and his playoff success, considering he was in his third year as being a starting quarterback. And only played in one playoff game before that. We're not going to count the one the year Joe Flacco played because offense was completely not designed for him. Uh, what did you think of the 2020 season? How are you going to look back on it? Um, I think this might not be a popular opinion with Ravens fans um, as a whole. I think it was a really good season. I really do think. And I think despite how it ended, I know it can leave a bad taste in fans' mouths, but I think based on where we were as a team, you know, Lamar aside, based on where we were as a team from losing to the Titans at home the year prior, or um, excuse me, losing to Derrick Henry at home the year prior. (laughs) I think given the uh, draft choices we've made as a team, given the um, players we signed on the defensive line, I think there's a lot of progression. Um, in context of Lamar, he's he obviously regressed because he went from a unanimous MVP season to uh, still a pretty solid year throwing and running the ball, I would say. Um, and with how the season ended, lost to one of the hottest and most complete teams in the NFL in Buffalo on the road as well. Um, I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of, uh, especially because I thought Buffalo was good enough to make the Super Bowl. Um, and I think looking at from a larger perspective, not just from Lamar, I liked our rookies, um, which we'll get into later. Uh, and I also I liked signings like Clarence Campbell. I, I felt even though he missed some time, I believe it was for COVID, but might might have been an injury. Um, I thought he was effective on the D line. I thought even though Derek Wolf doesn't have the stats to back it up, I thought he was a menace in a way that he at least took some of the attention away from Clarence Campbell and other guys on that defensive line. Um, and as for Lamar, you, you just you made, you made a good point when you were introducing this this topic. Um, it's weird. I don't get how someone is already so underappreciated yet has such high standards. It just seems like a really weird narrative in terms of um, wow, this <coughs> racism. <coughs> is, Sorry, I'm something in my throat. My bad. Not, I. I <laughs> That's a running that's a running bit on the pod because there's a lot of things that we just quote unquote can't explain. And oh, yeah. um there's a central theme behind all of those things. Oh yeah. That way. No, I agree with that. I mean, it's it's pretty upsetting when you think about how the NFL has such an amazing talent in Lamar Jackson and 
a lot of the hubbub about him is that, well, how long can you play like this? Or he hasn't even won a playoff game yet, obviously, prior to this season. This guy's 24 years old. He's, the I think, the youngest quarterback to ever play in a playoff game when he came in his first season for Joe Flacco. Um, and and you, you made this point. That team was not his team. They're starting to construct that team, or uh, I'm sorry, the offensive side to be Lamar Jackson's team. And I think the 2020 season, um, eventually, when Lamar Jackson wins Baltimore a Super Bowl, which I do think he's good enough to do so, and I think the team is good enough, I think we'll look back on this season and be grateful that we had it in terms of rookie progression, in terms of getting pieces that we kind of needed, and in terms of Lamar Jackson kind of getting brought back to earth a little bit because unanimous MVP is obviously an amazing accomplishment, but it's unfair to expect that level of play consistently given how he plays quarterback. At the same time, I'm thrilled that he's still my quarterback. I'm thrilled with the season he had. And, um, hey, it would have been great to see Lamar and Mahomes in the AFC Championship, but that's for another day in another season. But I, I, I have high hopes based on last season for this upcoming season, and I think that's all you can ask for as a fan. I don't think I've met a Ravens fan that it seems like there's a narrative around Lamar Jackson either in there's there's one that's in Baltimore and selfishly I think I can speak for South Florida as well and in South Florida because he is one of those favorite sons from back home. So I think that there's a narrative inside of Baltimore and Broward, Dade and Palm Beach counties and then there's a narrative over the rest of the country in terms of Lamar Jackson. And I think you're right where when you look back on this season the rookie progressions they, they really didn't start – Lamar's first real season was year two, his second year, because like you said, that offense was designed his his rookie year for Joe Flacco, and, and that's why he really didn't succeed in that um, divisional game at home. Uh, let's talk about those rookies that progressed. So last year was the second offseason that the Ravens and Harbaugh really put an emphasis into building the team around Lamar. What are some 2020 draft picks that – you think stood out and maybe even a couple of free agency signings. You mentioned Calais Campbell, former Jacksonville Jaguar. I know that hurt Tyler, my, uh, my, my good friend and co-host, big Jacksonville fan quite a bit, but I know he was happy to see him succeed in Baltimore. What are some draft picks? What are some free agency signings and, and from 20, the 2020 offseason that really helped you in, in 2020 or that helped you this past season? And also you think will help you in the future. Uh, I think right off the bat, the first name that came to mind was, weirdly enough, J.K. Dobbins, um, because Patrick Queen was our first-round pick for the 2020 draft. Um, coming out of LSU, you know, linebacker coming from LSU already has that high standard, but he kind of surpassed it for me. I've This guy is so athletic. Let um, me tell you, Lucas, I was so mad when Patrick Queen went to Baltimore, because I think I believe you guys had picked 24 in that draft and the Dolphins before trading with the Packers to get Jordan Love had picked 26 and I was hoping man if he falls to 26 in Flores's defense but alas made a great impact for you guys this season yeah he he would have been good anywhere he went um he I think he will be in terms of the Ravens draft class for 2020 he will be the better player at his position because he is so athletic because he has the LSU background he knows how to win uh, and he seems to just have that innate winning mentality, that hard-nosed football mentality of um, he knows how good he is, and you can tell. But I think in terms of who stole the show in 2020, uh, especially towards the end of the season, was J.K. Dobbins. Because he started the season with, I think, 25 carries in his first six games. So in a very run-heavy offense, he was not getting the ball a lot, and that's due to 
uh, Gus Edwards, you know, uh, Mark Ingram, who uh, who got hurt, and that's kind of what opened up J.K. Dobbins this season. He finished with 925 total yards, nine scores, six yards per carry. Six yards per carry is insane for your rookie year, especially because he only started in the with 10 games left in the season. He had 25 carries. Like that's to to put it on that heavy, uh, and he and we we gave him the ball in some big moments, um, and that's also in in part due to the kind of lackluster wide receiving core we have around Lamar. I just think we're kind of forced to run the ball, especially this past season. And I, I love JK Dobbins. I'll be honest. I did not watch much of him at Ohio state, but I, I got a lot of texts draft night. Like, wow, you got JK in the second round. Like he's, he he can turn it up for it, especially for a a team like the Ravens. Um, And I also just wanted to do a fair mention to a rookie who didn't really play too much on the defensive line, but I was really hyped when we got him. I believe he was the third round, maybe the fourth. I, I think third. Uh, Justin Matabuke out of Texas A&M. Um, he only played... Yeah, that was a fun pick. That was a fun pick uh, on that draft night. Yes, yes. Fun pick. Yeah, that's the perfect way to describe it. It was a fun pick because he <laughs> he runs a faster 40 at 310 pounds than Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Like, this guy, he's, he's massive, but he can move. And I wanted I wanted more from him this season. Uh, uh, injuries got in the way and such, but... um. 10 games in your in your rookie year and the ability to learn behind the guys like I mentioned before like Clayus Campbell, Derek Wolf, experienced guys who know little nuances a part of their game to succeed in the in the uh, NFL. I think he can learn tremendously on the back of them. So all the rookies, I would say that we picked highly um I think hit I think a lot of the additions made this team better from when we lost at home to Tennessee to eventually losing in Buffalo, but I think it was improvement and the rookies and the offseason acquisitions had a lot to do with it. I think when you're transitioning your offense from being one way for so long, and then you go a completely different direction, it's not going to be a one or two year immediate turnaround. The fact that Lamar was able to win unanimous MVP and take this team and win a playoff game with this team the way it's currently constructed is a testament to the talent that Lamar Jackson has. But it's going to take a little bit of time to go from the Joe Flacco style of football over to the Lamar Jackson style of football. Now, we talked about those pieces that have been put in place, the Patrick Queen, uh, the J.K. Dobbins, uh, these other types of players that are going to be there for the long run. There is one aspect of the Baltimore Ravens that is the biggest question mark. And ironically, it's the same issue that the Dolphins have. So I have a bit of familiarity with this draft class in wide receivers because that's something that Lamar really needs. They went out, they got Hollywood Brown, um, who I thought was a great pick, but it just these first two years, it really hasn't just worked the way that I hoped that it would. Um, there, you guys signed Des Bryant at a certain point last season, first to the practice squad, then elevated him up to the roster. And I just think that's indicative of the wide receiver talent in that room. So I'm going to assume here, my next question is, what is your ideal draft pick? And I'm going to assume it's one of these wide receivers that have been talked about this draft. Yeah, in my notes, I wrote uh, two words, wide receiver in all caps. Uh, I My ideal draft pick is someone that can help Lamar Jackson because I I love Marquise Brown. I think he's going to be a really good two on a team. I can I, I He can't be the best receiver on a team right now. Um, I, I would I think even that push back. Him physically. I, would even, I would even push back, Lucas, because I think he's just a great slot guy. If you just put him and he's your slot guy, he becomes your Wes Welker type. 
I think the sky's the limit if you get a couple other guys on the outside. Right, but yeah, I no, I agree with that. Uh, and in terms of like we like crunch time, we need to move the ball down the field, and we can't we can't chew up too much clock. Who am I going to throw to? Right now, it's either him or Willie Sneed, and that's not okay. Nice. <laughs> we need we I I think the the Ravens really need a wide receiver with some attributes, with some physicality. Uh, Des Bryant. I, it's not like I expected the world from him, but he's he he fits a good prototype in terms of the red zone. He gives it a nice option, maybe for play action or such. But we with 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 some of the names in this draft class, it wouldn't surprise me if Baltimore traded up. I'm not expecting them to, but it just wouldn't surprise me um, because I do think they draft really well, and I think history proves that, especially recently. Um, I've seen. Some other cases from these mock drafts about getting uh, O-line reinforcement because uh, that O-line never really looked the same after Ronnie Stanley went down. And we obviously lost uh, Marshall Yonda before last season. But um, I I don't know. I just think the the glaring miss in this team, in this offense specifically, is a wide receiver. And when you have guys like – I'm not saying the Baltimore Ravens are going to trade up and get Devontae Smith, but that would, that would be – absolutely unbelievable someone like that you know someone with some a chip on their shoulder some physicality some attributes you know I I get that Lamar isn't the best deep ball thrower um but someone that can help him in those short five to ten yards that you know maybe even those middle of the pack throws I don't know I I just think a wide receiver is an absolute glaring issue um like I said it's Marquise Brown or Willie Sneed in crunch time right now and um in terms of Lamar criticism, I I get it. He's not the most graceful throw over the ball, but we got to give him some help. And I think this is a good opportunity to start, whether that's free agency, whether that's draft. I don't care. I just think we need a wide receiver. I think we need to give this guy as much help as possible because Mark Andrews can also only do so much. He's obviously um he's got good hands for a tight end, but uh it, it, it's it's time to to really in the genuinely invest. Like we we get the we, we get the running game down fine that, that that's great but to really go to that next level and to possibly potentially get to an AFC championship to get to a Super Bowl I think that marquee wide receiver whether it's in the first round or whatever I think is a must for Baltimore I think I was looking at some mock drafts before we started recording and I saw Todd McShay has you guys have picked 27 in the first round and I saw Todd McShay mocked uh, LSU wide receiver Terrence Marshall who would be a really good pick. A lot of the shine is for LSU receivers, right? And rightfully so, is around Jamar Chase. He sat out last season, and this year was the Devontae Smith show. Jerry, um, not Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle also got hurt this season, but we know he's a top-tier talent there. And then there's kind of a debate for the fourth-best wide receiver. There's arguments for Kadarius Toney. There's arguments for Rashad Bateman. There's arguments for Terrence Marshall. But I think uh, even though this was a down year for LSU in terms of wins and losses, Terrence Marshall still had a pretty productive season, and he fits that prototype. He he fits that Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., um, Justin Jefferson, wide receivers from LSU that have succeeded and have shown that they can succeed in the NFL. I think Terrence Marshall is going to be um, a very serviceable wide receiver, and he can get up there and he can provide that outside threat. I think if you guys go with a receiver like a Rashad Bateman or a Darius Toney, it might not work as well simply because you have that kind of speedster in Hollywood Brown already. 
And you, what you want is some guy on the outside to be able to go up and get the football and do things later on. So I believe that that is something, or, and that's a player, sorry, that I think you guys will, will be able to go after. So now, Lucas, we know exactly what you want. You want a wide receiver. I hope that the Ravens share that sentiment with you, but we're asking all our, all our guests this. I know what pick you would make at 27. What do you think the Ravens are going to do at 27? I think the Ravens are going to – this is going to be a terrible answer. I think the Ravens are going to do the right thing because I think they almost always do. It's, it might not be conventional. It might not be what we need right now. But I think they they tend to draft pretty well, I would say. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to gloat that my team always gets it right or this and that. That's not the case. But I think they – they make these decisions, especially in the first round, you know, they, they either take the best available or they take the best that they think can become the best. And um, I don't think they're going to maybe be pressured into taking a wide receiver if they do not feel like he is a Ravens player, if he is going to fit and be helpful to Lamar immediately, which I... I am okay with. I, I in these situations, I tend to just say they like they obviously know better than I do. I'll let them do their thing, and we'll wait for time to come to then make judgment. Um, if they wanted to bolster up that defensive line, by all means, if the best player is there, go ahead and take it. If they wanted to give some security um, for Marlon Humphrey for for our other cornerbacks and maybe get someone in the secondary, sure. Um, I don't think the Ravens are a team to feel pressured for taking anyone. Uh, I don't, and I think some teams in the NFL are, uh, given their fan base or their history. I think the Ravens are in a very comfortable position right now. They have obviously Lamar Jackson at quarterback, but they have pieces and young pieces around the team that they can build around, both defensively, both offensively. So I don't think it's it's necessarily like, oh, we need we need we have like a three year window or a four year window. We need to get either someone that gels with Lamar right now or someone that can bolster our defense, whether, that, again, that's on the line or in the secondary. I I know it's a terrible answer, Sergio, but I just think they're going to make the right call because almost always they do. Um, I go back to drafting Marlon Humphrey, C.J. Mosley. Um, I'm a big Hayden Hurst guy. I don't know why. I loved, I loved Hayden Hurst when he played for Baltimore, and I was really upset to see him go. Um, I think he can be a, a, a really solid receiving tight end in the NFL uh, in the right situation. But that was another pick that kind of came up to came came to mind. Um, and in terms of letting him go, uh, I, I get it with Mark Andrews and everything. Uh, it the Ravens also do that in the off season. Like Mark Ingram going is a business decision. I get it. We save money. Uh, it was just it's sad to see because he was only in Baltimore for so long, and um, he did have an impact. I think in terms of the mentality and the overall character of that team uh and he was a solid running back but yeah in terms of replacing the old with the new i think baltimore will draft the best available which i'm okay with that that mindset that game plan um because they usually back it up whether that's offensively defensively i'm stating my claim as wide receiver is a glaring issue in this team and we need to settle that whether that means trading up to get the best or one of the best i that, that's not up to me um but I can't see the Ravens forcing themselves to do that for the sake of pleasing the immediate fans rather than looking long-term. Um, because like I said, 
I think we're going to be in that AFC window for a while with Lamar Jackson. I think we have time to maybe let some guys develop, but uh, it is it is scary when you're watching the Ravens in the fourth quarter and you look out wide and you're like, Lamar's going to run this. Like he's just going to run it because he can't throw it to anybody and trust them fully to catch it. Um, but that that that's what I think. I again, I I'll have to wait and see what they go for. I think it's. Pretty evident wide receiver is an issue. But again, O-line, once Ronnie Stanley went down, was not the same. So maybe some reinforcement there to protect Lamar. We'll see. Um, either way, I'll back them. They'll be a Raven. They'll be on my team, and I'll, I'll be their supporter, 100%. So a couple, couple more questions. First, I think – well, first, I think you're justified. When your team has shown a track record of drafting well, I think as a fan base, just saying I trust the front office to just make the best decision – is is a good thing. I, I hope every fan base, except for the Jets, um, are in that position uh, one day, you know? Uh, the Except for the Jets, which just because I'm a Dolphin fan, so why would I? Why would I <laughs> um, no, but I, I do want to ask you about the offensive line for a second because Orlando Brown did openly request a trade earlier this uh, offseason. Uh, he said that he only wanted to play left tackle. He was moved to right tackle, I believe, right? Because they were two caliber Pro Bowl caliber left tackles on the roster. He was the one that ended up getting moved. Do you think that because of that trade request, nothing has happened yet. He hasn't been traded yet. Do you think that the Ravens are having one eye towards the future? And maybe that's why offensive linemen could be a realistic possibility. Because um, like you said, when Stanley went down, the offensive line was different. And then now Orlando Brown has decided, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. No, that's definitely the case. And um, in terms of moving him to right tackle, that was the right move because, like you just said, he's he's too good to not play. But he's also, I, to me, when healthy, not better than Ronnie Stanley. And you, I would rather my best left tackle playing left tackle. Um, with how with the Ravens' philosophy on offense, I totally understand both looking immediately and also to the future that. One, we have to protect this guy. Two, we run the ball like no other team in the NFL, especially uh, two seasons ago, historically, had never run the ball like that. Uh, let's not only help Lamar, let's help these running backs too. Uh, I just think if you hinder too heavily on that, because I, I do think the Ravens have good enough protection, especially when you have someone like Lamar who can just escape like that. Um I think if we just hinder a little too much on the O-line and on the running game, then we become obviously one-dimensional and uh, teams can sniff us out. Uh, Buffalo did a really good job of that in the playoffs. We Ravens couldn't move the ball in the first half too effectively. Um, it was a close game, but defensively the Buffalo Bills won that game, and that's just one example, and that's how the season ended. So it's the most recent game in, in my brain. Um, I think with something like O-line, you, you kind of have to have one eye in the immediate two- to three-year window and one eye, like, will this guy actually be on our team come, you know, six years from now, seven years from now? Can he actually effectively, you know, whoever whoever will be on the team then, can he still effectively be on the team and, and uh, protect whether it's, you know, Lamar, whether it's a new quarterback, whoever? Uh, I think that's really difficult when you have guys so raw out of college, especially coming off a college season like we just had, uh, to then definitively put a stamp on like, yes, this is our guy. Because you're kind of also just taking a massive chance. Uh, you you get into a situation where you have two guys in the same position 
uh, Pro Bowl quality, like now we have to kind of tinker both with their position on the field, but also make sure they're happy. And we're kind of seeing the backlash of that with Orlando Brown, like you said. Um, nothing's done yet with him. Um, I think I would hope he would want to stay in Baltimore, but I I back why they switched him over for the time being. Uh, and then Ronnie Stanley obviously got hurt, but Orlando Brown's a fantastic offensive lineman. I hope he stays in Baltimore, but um, I it, it's tough nowadays with players. They they want to play where they think they're best at. It's just not always the case in a team like Baltimore when you do have some beef and some depth. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, final question, Lucas. Realistic expectations for 2021. What do you think is going to happen with Baltimore this year? Um, they're, a play- they're obviously a playoff team. Um, I, I, I'll be the first to say I did not expect Pittsburgh to be the fakest undefeated team for as long as they were. <laughs> I don't think they, they were a fake undefeated team. They were. They should that's, never- that's the best way to put it. Fake undefeated. Yeah, they <laughs> it sounds terrible. I sound like a hater because it's Pittsburgh. But any that team, that team was not good enough. I didn't think that team was better than Baltimore. Um, obviously, I'll say that. I think the Ravens uh, reclaimed the AFC North. I think um, you know, record wise, like anything from ten and six to twelve and four. I, I think that's a little window. I I'm not expecting fourteen and two. I think that we had when Lamar was unanimously MVP. Um, in terms of playoffs, I think, I mean, it's it's hard to then think of a situation where the Ravens get to the playoffs, lose their first game, and fans are still happy and hopeful. I think after getting to the divisional round, I don't it might be a deemed as a step back, especially for the Lamar haters, if we wouldn't manage to get out of um, obviously depending on buys and such. But I think. I think this team is good enough to win the Super Bowl next year. I really do. And there that's not is. just me being. That's what I wanted. <laughs> that's what I needed. I had to rip the Band-Aid off. I think they're good <laughs> enough to win the Super Bowl. I really do. I think they were good enough to win the Super Bowl two years ago. I think they were good enough to win the Super Bowl last year. I think they have the coaching to do so. I think the offensive game plan needs a little bit of tinkering. Like I said, we're a little too one-dimensional. Same 20, 25 plays and, you know, good defenses are going to sniff you out in the playoffs. But – depending on how we draft, depending on where free agents end up, depending on where guys like Orlando Brown or, um, uh, oh, my God, I always butcher his name. He just came from Minnesota. In, in, he was on the defensive line. De, uh, in joke, uh, David Njoku? You know what that's, the, that's the, the, no, the, not, the no, he's Brown a, he's side end. end. <laughs> the, pass, the pass rush, oh, he's got a lot of N's and G's and K's in his name. <laughs> I can't pronounce <laughs> Like the, uh, but I, uh, he's, he he's testing free agency right now as well. So there, there's still a lot of definitive decisions to make on the roster, on the team going into the season. But right now, um, I think despite how good Patrick Mahomes is and the Kansas City Chiefs are, um, or the Bills, or however you look at it, I think the Ravens are one of the best teams in the AFC. I'd be a fool of a fan to not back them. Um, that being said, my Definitive prediction will be they make the AFC Championship this year. I think we keep going one up, one up, one up, progression. That's all I care about is progression. And uh, maybe we're not good enough to make the Super Bowl. Maybe we do make the Super Bowl. But I think the target right now would be AFC Championship. The name you were looking for was Yannick Ngakwe. Um, 
Ngakwe. Ngakwe. Yeah. Also, another former Jacksonville Jaguar, which is the reason why I know that so well. I was trying to see if you could figure it out on your own before I gave it to you. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have because (laughs) I'm. He he only spent he only spent less than a season on the Ravens. And was he in Minnesota or am I making that up? You're not making that up. So he uh, he went to Maryland, was drafted out of Jacks, went to Jacksonville, was a part of that 2017 with Calais Campbell and Jalen Ramsey, that fantastic defense. Then was traded to requested a trade, was traded to Minnesota, and then Minnesota then flipped him right back and traded him to you guys, and now he's a free agent. So that's his. Career. Jacksonville team should have made the Super Bowl too. If it weren't for the refs, oh, that oh Jacksonville team. Should. Don't don't I know, start. I know I to get you started. No, no, no. Don't start <laughs> on this podcast because I will hear it from Tyler, and he will. Don't even get him started. Um. Hey, the last thing I want to do, we we play the game on here, and the game is we're gonna run through your schedule, and you're gonna give us a win and a loss, and that way we can determine your your regular season schedule. All right. Let's do, it. And yeah, let's do it. We have the home and away splits announced. We don't have the exact dates in the schedule. So I'm just going to give you all the home games and then all the away games. We'll see how it goes. All right. Mm-hmm. So starting with at yep. home. All right. You got the Bengals at home. Win. 1 0. The it's Browns at home. It's a win. 2 0. The Steelers at home. I feel like we always split 1 1 with Pittsburgh. So at home, I'll take a win, but. All right. We'll probably lose a win. 3 and 0. The Kansas City Chiefs at home. Ugh. We played the Kansas City Chiefs at home this past year and it was yeah. It was not a fun watch. I I'm not going to guarantee a win with that with how good Mahomes and that offense is. So I'll I'll say that that's that's a loss. Let's go 3 and 1. I just I hope for forever all of our sakes you guys win because I just don't want another week of the narrative of oh well, Lamar can't beat Deshaun or Lamar can't I, beat uh, Mahomes. Me. I'm with you on that, Sergio. I'm with you. All right, three and one. You got the Chargers coming to Baltimore. Love Justin Herbert, but don't think they're good enough to win in Baltimore right now. So four and one. All right, four and one. The Green Bay Packers at home. That's a fun game. I actually didn't even know we were playing the Packers this upcoming year. Um, I'll back my team. Let's go with it at home. Give it to me. There you go. Five <laughs> and one. The Minnesota Vikings at home. Kirk Cousins is still our quarterback, so yeah, it's a win. <laughs> I'm so glad you subscribe <laughs> to the same school of thought I do. Six and one. And the Colts at home. Ugh. Oh, boy. Uh, that ugh. <laughs> uh, I think you know why, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'll say that's a win as well. Okay, seven and one. He's coming on the pod later, don't worry. He will, he will talk about his oh, Colts. Perfect. He'll get the platform to defend himself. Seven and one after the home section. Let's talk about the road games. You are at Chicago. Uh, geez, I would hope that's a win. But um, yeah, I think Chicago on the road is a winnable game. That's a win. I think we, we don't know yet who the quarterback is. The options right now are Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that one. Eight <laughs> and pretty, one. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. That's that's all. Uh, I I feel bad for like keep saying win, but that's a uh, that's also well. But, but here's the thing, you know the the tough games are on the road here. It's actually not. This yeah. is a really easy schedule. I'm not gonna lie. So that's what no, nine they, yeah, and one. Yeah, it's nine and one. Nine and one. <laughs> uh, at Cleveland. God, I that ah uh, I I was not. And this is probably me being an AFC North 
rival. I was not big on Cleveland this year. Every, I, I, that was a fantastic playoff win in Pittsburgh. I loved that. I would much rather the Browns win than Pittsburgh. But I'm still going to say Ravens beat the Browns and the Bengals both home and away. Wow. I just think that's that. I think that's how it's going to go. Wow. Eleven and one so far. The only loss is to the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> you are heading. You are then heading to Denver to play the Broncos. Oh my God, we do have an easy schedule. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, God, they have such a quarterback carousel as well, and on it, it seems like Von Miller might not even be on that team anymore. I mean, that's some, that's that's probably another win. Maybe the maybe the Denver Air messes with us. I don't know. Eleven and I, one with the win in Denver, according to Lucas Rodriguez. I'm gonna have to start make, I'm gonna have to start making up some some losses. Well, here. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know where you can find them because the next game is at Detroit, my guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Unless no, I can't even make a case for Jared Goff yet. No. So that's a win. <laughs> Twelve and one. Uh this next game is a game that we will both have our eyes on. You are in Miami to take on the Dolphins. That's that is not a game I want to play. Um, because that defense scares me. I also um, will tell you, if this game is played earlier in the season, it's an advantage for you guys. If it's played later in the season, it's an advantage yeah. for us. I would agree with that a hundred percent. Because we we played um, Baltimore played in Miami. Lamar's first year starting blew him out of the water. That's that is a completely different team. Oh my gosh, yes, um, it's oh, such yeah. a different team. Completely. Um. You know what, Sergio? It's your podcast. I haven't given out much loss. That's an L. We'll take an L. <laughs> Listen, uh, I haven't made the playoffs. In, well, I haven't played in the playoffs since 2017, but I haven't really made the playoffs with a team that has a realistic chance of winning a playoff game since God knows how long. So I will take the pity. I have, I'm not above it. I will take it. Uh, so that is 12-2. and two. Then you had two Vegas stick on the Raiders. Oh, I actually like Derek Carr too, and just because the record is at twelve and two right now, I think we're gonna have to even it out a little bit. I think, you know, that could be a game Ravens slip up at. I think the Ravens are a better team than the Raiders, and I think that's been proven. Um, I think they have a better coach all around. Um, but hey, I'll give it to Derek Carr. Derek Carr throws for like three thirty. Lamar has a, a two picks or something. I can see that happening, but I'm also just trying to even out the uh, record just so I don't look like a, a homer. But. Yeah, well, that, that would put you at 12-3, and three, and then the last one would be at Pittsburgh. You said that you guys usually split, so we'll call that 12-4. and 12-4, and four, and that's kind of what I said, 10-6, and 12-4, I can see them being it. Um, and yeah, I think out of the AFC North, I, I can see the Browns. The Browns did beat Baltimore last year. I can see them doing it. I don't like admitting that, though. I will not give any love to Cincy or any respect to Cincy, though, because they are Cincinnati. Uh, but, yeah, it, you can you can replace that that Vegas win for um, for a Browns win at home or something. You, you can know, also something. you could also probably just add in, like, the Denver game, you know, at altitude. You could also add in the Packers because we know that they're difficult, you know. So you can add in anything. I think you're realistic there in your 10-6 to 12-4 and four prediction there. And, and as we just went through on upon first glance, 12-4, and four, it, it's not unrealistic. It's a fairly easy schedule, you know? It is. It is. And I did not – I was not aware it was – you know, that came out a couple weeks, if not months ago. Yeah, I think, um, I think last month I think it came out. Yeah, and at, at first glance, I think just the names like Green Bay, like – you know, Pittsburgh obviously kind of stand out, but when you do strip it down like that, especially the games on the road, 
not not too bad. Like Miami's definitely one of the teams I I don't want to play on the road right now. Uh, and that should be interesting. You made a good point. Earlier in the season definitely helps the Ravens. Later in the season almost definitely helps Miami. So that should be interesting where it falls. Yeah. So it's it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see where the schedule falls. Um, Lucas. Thank you so much for coming on and talking your Baltimore Ravens. I really appreciate it. No problem. No problem, man. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, all that record stuff was a hoax. We're going to go 16-0 and win the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, if Lamar gets a ring, that's a ring for South Florida. So I'll take that. Yes, sir. I'll take that. Uh, Lucas, where can the people find you? Where can they listen to you? All that stuff. Um, you can follow me, lucasrod.18 on Instagram. Uh, I also have a soccer podcast I keep up with or try to during this busy school semester, PremierLeaguePulse.Squarespace.com. Show any love you can, read anything you can, and I appreciate the support. Sergio, I appreciate you having me on. This is a lot of fun. Of course, my guy. You also are part of a basketball podcast with some friends of ours by the name of The Rim Runners. (laughs) I knew you were going to plug the soccer one, and I was hoping you'd plug Rim Runners. I heard the last episode. Uh, I'm going to get act. (laughs) <laughs> I, I could I don't know how I don't know how I forgot about this. yes, the Rim Runners podcast on Spotify currently. And Apple There's Podcasts. another platform and Apple Podcasts. Yes, yes, Sergio, yes. you might as well just take my spot. Hey, I'm, listen, I'm the real team member. I, I, I freelance <laughs> produce, so never say never on that one, my guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Lucas, for coming on and thanks for talking about Baltimore Ravens. Appreciate it, man. No nope, no problem, man.